Welcome everybody to episode 48 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. It is heartwarming to watch the football community submitting items and then interacting on the social media pages. It is a credit to our community that people continue to contribute, comment and reminisce. And for this, I am thankful and grateful. On the podcast front, I am always overwhelmed and appreciative that people are still putting up their hand to be interviewed. I have a passion and desire to record the Illawarra's footballing history. Each person that comes forward allows me to continue this podcast. So thank you for downloading this podcast and thanks to all the interviewees who give up their time. Ron Vandervoord is our interviewee in episode 48. Ron grew up in Winuna in the late 1950s and started playing junior football with Winuna Junior Soccer Club at Nicholson Park in 1964. After 11 years of junior football, Ron started his senior football journey with Bulleye Soccer Club in the under-18s. After Bulleye, he played with many clubs, was coached by the best in the Illawarra and played alongside many great players. His senior career spanned 18 years and in this time, Ron amassed over 360-plus appearances and just over 100 goals, predominantly in first grade. Ron's journey is fascinating, and he is open about his thoughts on his time at each club. In particular, it was great when Ron discusses his grand final winner against Shell Harbour in 1981 and about his double-winning year at Bulleye Soccer Club in 1986. My sincere thanks go out to Ron for giving up his time for this interview. It was an absolute pleasure and honour to listen to Ron. Finally, I'd like to say thank you to Ron's daughter, Marissa, who sent through some fabulous pictures which we've used in the podcast graphic. And I'd like to thank Emma and Josh Fawkes as they uh, greatly helped in setting up this interview. In particular, Josh, my brother, he has been a great supporter of the Football United vs Soccer City project in the social media space and in the podcast, so thanks a lot to him. In this interview, there are a a few expletives, probably five or six, so if you do have younger listeners in or around you while you're listening to this podcast, please be aware of that. Please enjoy this episode. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the uh, beachside suburb of Rurilla and I'm here with a very, very special guest in Ron Vandervoord. Ron, welcome and thank you for allowing me into your home. No worries, Travis. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, We'll start from the beginning. Um, You're a Winuna boy. Um, What are your first memories of soccer? Oh, geez. Probably as a seven-year-old, six, seven-year-old going down to where we originally played down Nicholson Park, going down there kicking with the guys I went to school with and and started playing there. Uh, That's probably the first memories of um, soccer. And then obviously they they moved to uh, the old Ocean Park there after that. Yeah, well, I think some people uh, of a certain vintage wouldn't wouldn't recall that they did play at Nicholson Park there for a while. 
you joined Winuna Junior Soccer Club in 64 and, and played there into the early 70s? Uh, until, um, yeah, until uh, under 18s. When we came from 16s, I played there to 16s and then uh, we went to 18s and Winuna didn't have a side, so you'd go to uh, reserve grade. But I couldn't make reserve grade, so I actually went and played a year at um, Bulleye under-18s. And then I came back the following year and started playing first grade. So uh, in terms of the Winuna Junior Soccer Club and your time there, uh, some of the the coaches and, and... And guys you played with in those early years? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of players. Um, I played um, with Ronnie Van Eed, who was, yep. is a good mate of mine, still is. Um, Peter Beggs, uh, Brian Ireland, players like, uh, I'm just trying to think of someone, Ricky Organ. Yep. Ricky Organ was there. Um, and then there was older players like uh, Louis Martelli and uh, Hans Van Eed, yep. Ronnie's brother. Played with him. Uh, yeah, there was a lot, long list. And coach-wise, coaches, there was um, there was some good coaches there. Um, Gordon Bott was yep. a coach when I was really young. Um, one of the Meyer brothers, but I can't think of his first name. Yep. Um, and then when we got to sort of sixteens and and that. Um, and first grade uh, was Johnny Todd, John Todd. Learn a lot from John. John Todd, uh, also Greg Hanley, um, Eric Thompson yep. was Greg's offsider, and that was in under sixteen. So yeah. And for yourself, uh, when you look back at say the junior days, is it more memories of Nicholson Park and, and Ocean Park, or is it gala days, or is there still some memories about certain games that you have of your junior soccer period? Yeah, probably Ocean Ocean Park was probably more because we were only a, a couple of years at Nico. Um, Gala Day was always special. It was yep. always special, and, and and I think it was more the March Pass than the than the actual <laughs> football. But um, yeah, that was that was good. Um, but yeah, as far as playing, I mean, I never we had, I remember playing fourteens and. I remember playing on Westride Rovers. I think that's the worst memory I've ever had down there. It was a, a fellow by the name of Alphonse Ferret I played with, and um, he broke his leg in two places, and that was that. That was pretty. That's probably horrible. The, that's it? probably the, the worst, the horriblest thing, and probably the the, the the most thing that sticks out in my mind. I think more than anything. No, there was a lot of good times there. A lot of good games. And in terms of your playing position. Um, were you uh, an attacking player in those junior days? Junior days, I played. I played fullback. I think uh, more than anything, I was. They'd fit me in. With, fit me in wherever because I. I was pretty ordinary actually, <laughs> and uh, I was always a reserve for for the, the first team. I usually played in the second team. It wasn't until I uh, got to about eighteen, then I got started to get a bit of pace, and then that. I use that to my advantage. So, Ron, um, uh, one thing, uh, even though we're talking about your your junior days here that I forgot to ask you about was um, when you were growing up in Winoona, um, were you going to games and, and what games were you going to? Oh, well, yeah. Every 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 time there was a game on up at Balls Paddock, the old Balls Paddock, which was South Coast United, like um, we, we'd be up there watching... Uh, 
watching them all the time. South Coast, oh, George Ramage and uh, Phil Carr. Jimmy, Jimmy Kelly. Jimmy Kelly. I can remember going with Dad and um, Mum and, and my brother. Um, we're on the double-decker bus and we went up to the Sydney uh, sports ground to watch uh, when they beat... Um, In 63. Yeah, when they won 4-0, Jimmy Kelly's side. Yeah, I remember that. We were there at that and... Uh, I've watched uh, watched every game. I remember going because we lived in Thompson Street behind the high school, and by the time I'd come home from the ground and and going through the school and home, and the the cars would be bumper to bumper coming down going down Thompson Street, going towards um, Mitchell Road, and heading back into Wollongong, and that that you'd get three four thousand people at a game, you know, and people selling peanuts and. Soccer world, soccer world. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were good memories. We used to go to all the games. It was great. And then, obviously, watched um, Balambi, Bulleye Workers at the time. Yeah. When, they, when they played up there, I, I was lucky enough to play a few Coromel Leagues game and Burt Bampton games up there. Um, it was a good ground. Because the, it was the dressing good. sheds at the old balls yeah. paddock would come down. Um, they were at the top there. That's and you, correct. You'd, you'd come down. And yeah. So what was it like with thousands of people? Because it's a pretty small ground, or the old balls paddock was. We're so. go, going in up through the where, where you'd come in behind the actual training shed through that gate there. They'd had the fence there to the um, Hooper's pub. The yep. pub was there, and then um, you'd be coming through. And me being what probably oh, I can't even remember. I was little, and and we'd be we'd be shuffling like little Chinamen all the way up up the up the ramp and up so the thing because there was that many people coming in and out and there was two entrances or three entrances there was one up near where the the ground is now yep and then there was the entrance um down near um where the soccer club and the vista picture theater there and then you had the top entrance but it was always it was packed people cars parked everywhere around the town and then they'd all um, go there and get the back road and go on back in towards town when they left. There was thousands. And, and what about, you know, for yourself, it must have added a bit of colour to to watching football and maybe inspiring you to then play because you'd see a lot of the big Sydney teams come and come down and play South Coast United. Yeah, well, that's right. We, you, we watched all of them. You know, Manfred Schaefer and uh, Adi Obonyi and, um, and obviously, and, and obviously um, Warren. Yep, and uh, yeah, there was yeah we used to go and watch all that. So, but a lot of those players ended up playing playing soccer when they finished with South Coast United. Either got involved with Illawarra soccer or yep. uh, ex players. I mean, look at Jerry Walker, Bobby Fryer, and all Adrian them. Uh, Bing, Bingham, Noddy. Yep, they they were all playing. You know, Flash. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, good times. But uh, yeah, I can remember growing up watching all these people and and watching them, um, Harry Williams and uh, some you know, big names, some there. big names there. So, like you said, um, coming out of juniors, um, the old uh, first and second divisions, um, yeah. they were bringing in an eighteens comp and. And the the second tier where Winuna were the senior club, they didn't have an eighteen. So you you spent a bit of, you spent a year there at Bulleye. Um, how did you find that? Yeah, good. It was um, it was it was a good uh, a good change. I had a coach by the name of Johnny Vigel. Johnny Vigel yeah. used to play for Bulleye Workers. Yeah, he was a fullback, and I played under Johnny. Johnny was good. Uh, players like Donny Wackenshaw, who is passed now, and. Um, um, it was 
yeah, it was good fun. Like Bulleye and Winoon always had sort of a rivalry, but we, you know, you still knew everyone, it, like socially and all that. So yeah. it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big move. But I enjoyed my time there, even though it was one year, uh, and then it was many years later. Obviously, then when I came back, back to Bulleye. And so, like you said, uh, after that one year, then um, you then joined back up with the seniors at Winoona, and they were in the. Uh, the second is it second division um were you always going to go back or or did you did you contemplate staying at Bulleye or going to somewhere like uh Bulambi? no no always look at that time um i was i i was going to just play for Winuna. Winuna was yep. that, that was it because i didn't think i'd go too far anyway i, I thought i'd be playing reserve grade um but um, the way things panned out, I sort of matured as I got older than rather than when I was younger. Because in that, um, I guess, 76, 77, when you were at, at Winuna, um, you had a total of, uh, I guess, probably around two full seasons there, predominantly in first grade. So do you remember um, the time that you did then break into first grade and, and how it came about? Um, the first, yeah, I can, I can remember, I, I can remember when we went, not so much in the, in the second division, I, I played there, not, not so many, the first game there, but the first game in Premier League or first division, I don't think there was first division there yet, Premier League was still a year or so yeah. away, but my first first grade game, I can remember Tony Hancock's was the coach. Yep. Um, Paul had come over from Bulleye to finish off with his brother and I can remember we were down at um, Unidera. I was playing reserve grade I got down to the game and I was told um, you're not playing reserve grade today you're only playing first grade <laughs> and I can remember I can remember because in those days Casey De Bruyne was a sweeper um, Alec Fleming was a stopper uh, Larry Gaffney was in the side they were a really hot side and I can remember the first we got beat 5-0 I remember that I remember the first half Casey and then made me look like a, an idiot because I was a bull, <laughs> I was a bull at a gate second half I sort of slowed myself down a little bit and I had a much better much better second half and then yeah after that I just I never looked back and and what do you think um like you said uh, early on in your junior career playing fullback uh, where most people know you as an attacking player what do you think um and you gain speed do you think it was just maturity in the body that allowed you then to develop as a as a football player or or what what sort of changed in that sort of 17 18 year old times um i, I definitely me my body changed i i i was probably just an average height with all the other boys and that and then then I sort of had a bit of a growth spurt then, and I got, I got taller, and I got quicker. So yeah, that was that was basically it. You know, I ended up what six six one and a half at the end, but um, that's what it was. I'd always run, I'd, I'd always been in the surf club and run on the beach, and I was yep. I, I was okay, without being anything special. But then as I got taller I got quicker too so definitely I think more so yeah my um, my um, physique and you talked about the two coaches you had in those two years at uh, 
at Winuna um, Soccer Club in the seniors. Um, Tony Hancock's first. Uh, your thoughts of him as a coach and anything you can recall that he would say or do? Well, Tony was real. Tony was good. Tony was a, a good guy coach-wise. Uh, yeah, he was a good coach from the memories I do have. I just, um, he was very... Tony was one level. Tony, even when he got cranky, he wasn't cranky. Um, <laughs> he was, yeah, he's a really nice guy, a gentleman. And then, um, and then obviously um, after that was Johnny Todd. Johnny was Johnny was a Johnny was heart and soul. He 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 breathed he breathed soccer. He was yeah. that was his life, you know. And he he we were pretty well drilled. A lot of. Um, a lot of um, playing threes, you know, get the ball, give it, get space, give it, give it space, and, and that, that was that was good. But and John was John get cranky, but he was he was good too. When he, I think in the early days when you you sort of uh, coaches didn't really have a big big impact on you know, when you were younger because you were wanting to learn anyway. Yeah. So any, anything you got was was a bonus. You know, as you got older, you got more opinionated. That was that's the problem. <laughs> And and you said that John did teach you a lot. So, um, what did he teach you? Oh, I think just more, more get you try and get your touch. Yep. Get get your space. Look for it. Always have you always should have two options. Get your and get your angles, your triangles, and all that your angles. And so basically, get it, get it, and move. Get it and move. And that that's that was always a big thing that I I can always remember. And I still think now, that's very important. And at, at that time at, at Winuna, you know, you had blokes such as uh, Barwise, Mitchell, Worth, the Islands, yeah. um, Cooper, the Shores, the Van Eags, um, Johnston, Martelli. Yeah. Um, what do you recall of some of those blokes? Oh, just mad. <laughs> uh, Soccer-wise, they were a good bunch of blokes. They're all and, and all these guys you're talking about now are still great mates today. They, they all, you know, getting old now and, and still meet up and, and you go anywhere and they're all, all together still. Me and Ronnie Van Eed were that little bit younger because yep. they were always about you know three, four years older than us and we were playing above. You know. yep. um, but we had some good times. We even went on holidays up, up at Coolangatta and stuff like that. The, the whole, like the, we'd have 12 or 13 of us up there. Wow. It was just, in you know, and just... Mayhem. They they <laughs> definitely uh, brought us undone when we were young. We learned learned a lot of bad habits from them blokes. <laughs> and so after um, uh, two years at Winuna, um, and in, in that time, you you know you scored twelve first grade goals and and collected you know over twenty six player of the year points, um, which back then was more sort of showed what the referees thought of the game and and how well you'd played. Um, the decision to join Coniston under under Tommy Rolls, um, how did that come about? Uh, it was pretty. It was a it was pretty easy decision to make at the end. What what I I, I have a memory, and I, I don't know. We were in a semi final. Um, Coniston had won the comp. Yep. Um, we were in a semi final, and we were playing. I can't remember who we were playing. It might have been Cringilla or someone like that. And we got a, a goal down. And I can remember, I could see heads drop and everything drop. And I, to this day, I think we could have won the game. But I, th- I think there was players in that side that um, gave up. And that, that made my decision 
then that um, I was going to go. Yeah. Um, and I was just lucky enough that um, Tommy Rolls was coaching Conno. They got promoted. Yeah. And he actually um, got in contact with me, and um, I went, and also uh, Hans Van Ede went, and and we went to Conno. Because that was a pretty successful period for Coniston Soccer Club in in that time. So, um, how did you find uh, Coniston? And and they weren't at JJ Kelly Park uh, at that point, or no, had they? No, they we were, were still at uh, Gladstone, Gladstone Avenue. Yeah, yeah, we were at Gladstone Avenue. So, how was it to play? Uh, um, before we talk about um, Tommy Rolls and and some of the players and your time successful time there at, at Coniston, how was it to play on? It's a small pitch. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, um... But I think it was it's changed now because they the, the, how the goals are now it used to be the other way oh, around. Um, yeah, it was, but it was pretty wide. Um, but um, yeah, you still see. I was playing up front then. By then, because I'd come from fullback, and once I got the pace, I was playing winger and up front oh. all the time. So you still had to do you still had to do a lot of runs. I was always running left and right. I always they did you know I was wasn't really restricted. I could. Uh, you know, I played basically wide, but but I do a lot of runs both sides and that. So it's just the way we used to play. We played three up front and all that. But um, um, it was good there. Guys were good. They, it's like every club. You got a club. You got a really good core group of guys that yep. hang together, and and all the guys there were were good blokes. Tommy was Tommy was a good bloke. Again, he was a good good bloke, good coach pretty easy going as well like uh, I think the the higher you get the the more um, what, what do I say the more um, serious it, it got especially yep. with some of the you know when you were in the top of your like Premier League or something like that it was there was no business there was no monkey business there was a lot of monkey business afterwards but while we were playing, playing we were playing otherwise you you know, no one went on a holiday down the snow or anything like that because you go down the snow, well, you go and have a good time but don't bother coming back, you know. <laughs> That's how it was, Yep. you know. So uh, for you, um, how was it then playing in the the then change to Premier League and, and playing up front uh, against the likes of the Berkeleys, the Tarawanas and the Ferry Meadows that were, you know, very, very hard and, and, and seasoned at that point in time? It was good. It was um, see, soccer's confidence. You know, you you get confident, and if if you get confident, it doesn't matter who you play. I didn't care who I played against. Yep. I had this attitude that I was going to play over the top of them anyway. But um, oh, you know, you talk like you say. You're talking. We're talking some great players at that time over there, and a lot of them put me over the fence. Yep. Um, but you know, in those days, you, you you wouldn't let them know they hurt you. You get up and is that the best you can do? You smile <laughs> back at them and you'd walk away thinking, oh god, that hurt. But um, that's how it was, and and the competition was good. And I I had me pace, and we and we played most of the teams. I was lucky enough that most of the teams played played to my advantage. You know, a lot of I mean, we build it up and build it up, but they would always look for for through balls, through ball, you know, which was which was my game. You know. Um, so yeah, um, it yeah it was good. It was it was it was it was daunting in the beginning, but at the end it didn't matter. I I felt confident, and and then um, and then you know got into a few rep teams. So you, you, your confidence is there. Then it doesn't matter who you play. And in that um, uh, period before we talk about um, uh, the next couple of years where you 
he then uh, were very successful under Robert Fryer. Um, there was a, a tour in '79 to New Zealand, and and you were on the on the fringes as an uh, as an emergency. So um, you nearly made the trip there. Um, what happened? Oh, we we had uh, yeah. I was I, that was a thrill. I got picked in the rep side. Uh, I got picked in a. They had a second division rep side when I was playing second division. I got in that, and I played with Chris Teleski and guys like that. I used to play for EPT, but then I got in the in the in the the best side. Mickey Richo and all them, and um, and Casey was the coach, and uh, I could all I can remember was Casey have us. We we in those days they were this tour was coming up. There was you were only playing a game against um, uh, Canberra was yep. usually the games, and uh, Casey'd have us there. We'd be training two nights a week with the club, and then he'd have us there training um, training with the uh, rep side and then we'd have a there'd be a long weekend or something and he'd have us training there for four or five hours he was Casey was all business you know and and, and, and he went on to become one of the top coaches in Australia you know yeah. and um yeah but it, at those days it was good and yeah this tour was going on and um I remember um I was on standby and um I remember one of my teammates which was Jerry Walker Jerry Walker was going, and Jerry'd broken his toe in a in a club game, and um, I can remember telling him he shouldn't go. You know, <laughs> he broken toe, he won't be able to do play, and you know, blah blah blah. But now nah, he went. <laughs> I, I would have went too. I would have went with a broken leg, but uh, yeah, so I missed out. But that was, you know, it was still, still, um, it was still good to be part of that squad. It was well, a great. It was a really good squad. Um, some really good players, and uh, yeah, and they had a good trip. I heard. <laughs> Robert Fryer um, uh, then took over as coach in, at Coniston um, uh, how did he change things because it was a successful period in the sense that you were always competing for trophies and then uh, won the grand final um, in 81 um, so how, how, did he, how did he change things to make you an even better team Bobby Bobby was Bobby was a good player very good player and, and but Bobby was Bobby was Mr. Social. Bobby's, I think Bobby's gift was he could get you, he get a team together um, off the park and on the park. He yep. was really social. We had um, some really good um, social events together off the gra- after the games and all that, and he was a funny man. But um, he also had a he had he knew a lot of people, and Bobby brought players to the club as well. So there was. Like when we were, I was there with Tommy. It was the the backbone of the like Mickey Talbots and and people like that at, yep. at um, and Lenny Phillips. They were kind of through and through, and they were a good bunch of blokes. But then Bobby come and he started bringing a few players like Phil Bragg, yeah, um, Jerry, uh, Shay Gleason come over. Um, Quirky came across. Quirky come there. Steve come. Mark Vinton as well. Mark Vinton had a year there. Yep. Um, 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 Brian Dodd. So, so Bobby had a gift of getting getting some good players together, filling the tyres. You know, there's, I, there was you know, hands was there and still. And Lassick as well. Yeah, Jeremy Lassick. Yeah, we had a yeah, and that we just gelled. We were pretty, you know, it was a good side, very good side. I think we were, uh, Shell Harbour won the comp that year. Yeah, in '81. And um, I I think we were pretty unlucky 
not to have won it ourselves because we had a pretty pretty good side. And so that uh, final series, uh, it was it was very successful for Coniston, um, culminating in the grand final win one 0 against Shell Harbour, uh, who yeah. had a very good side as well. Uh, what do you recall of that grand final day? Oh, best day of my life. <laughs> um, oh, I can remember as a kid. I remember going and watching um, Balambi and, and uh, Bulleye Workers playing a grand final. And I was there watching it, and I thought, geez, my whole ambition in life was to, to play in a grand final in the top league. And then the first first opportunity, or well, in the first few years, I ended up playing in the grand final and scored the winner. So, yeah, I'd, I'd achieved everything in one game. <laughs> so, good memories. It was great, you know, great. And, and, you know, the only reason I got it was because I had a bit of speed, because... Yeah, tell us about the, the winning and, and the only goal, how it came about. It was a pretty tight game. We'd had a, we had a semi-final earlier and it got pretty, pretty heated and we had blokes sent off and all this and, and, and everyone was expecting a lot of fireworks again in the, in the grand final, but it became pretty tame. I remember the referees come and spoke to us through the, through the week yep. and they wanted us to tame it down and all <laughs> this shit. And anyway... It ended up being really tame anyway. Uh, I remember um, Ian, um, Ian Mowbray. Ian Mowbray was playing the back and Ian went, Ian's going to hate this. Fishel Harbour. Fishel Harbour. Yep. But Ian, uh, Ian sent a pass, pass back back to the keeper and I actually uh, was lucky enough to intercept it, just get there at the same time as the keeper and went around the keeper and put it in the, in the uh, empty net. And that was it. That was, was that, the, in, that, was was that early on in the first no, half? No, it was or? probably middle of the second half. Yeah. So, yeah, and after that, that, that was it. That was it. But it was a pretty tame game, very tame game, actually. The, the semi was a much better game. But, uh, yeah, it didn't matter. Win's a win. It's on the trophy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and you had four seasons there. Um, yeah with Coniston and, and like you spoke before we've named some blokes like uh, you know Fryer who was player coaching uh, Quirk and Matthias and Lassick um, Norris Dixon uh, Gleeson Dodd Midgley so um, out of that team that was very successful um, uh, who did you really uh, I guess you know you played with the whole team and, and did well but who did you connect with in a footballing sense the, the best Oh, as a player, I, probably Hands, because I played so many years with Hands. I knew Hands' yeah. game and I knew what he was like and all that. As a look, we had a lot of skillful players. Um, I obviously me and Quirky had to to get on and Bobby because the three of us played yeah. up front, so we had a pretty good chemistry there, um, and we we played to our strengths. Um, Philly Matthias was a good good footballer. Phil yep. Phil was only young, but he was good. So was Cersei, Ian Cersei. Yeah. Ian came over too. Our our midfield our midfield was um, um, like I said. Mickey Skeen was there. Mick was solid in the middle. You know, he was a solid no frills sort of play. Hands was no frills at all at the back. <laughs> and then we had um, uh, Braggy, yep. um, Phil Bragg. Um, Peter Bragg, sorry, was um, was really. I played with Philip Bulleye later on, um, but um, Peter was was quick. Yep. So and and Jeremy was quick. So you know, I think as I think there was no one really that was special. I think everyone just had a, and Jerry Walker had a calm head, good head yep. on him, good ball. Um, I think everyone just did their job, you know. So it wasn't 
any anyone outstanding. It was just I think just we all just gelled. So uh, after that successful year, then you then um, and and as you described before, it was a it was a pretty uh, heated uh, season and rivalry against Shell Harbour. And then in the next year, you you joined uh, under John Bingham, um, the Shell Harbour Workers. So uh, how did that move come about? Um, at, well, it, it, yeah, it was money at the yep. end. At the end, people were, were throwing money at you, and I'm thinking, well, shit, I'm going to play whether I get paid or not. Yep. So um, I got offered a pretty good contract out at Shell Harbour, and um, so I went. So um, I went there and um, and had three years at, at Shell Harbour, yep. um, two years with Binger, Um and uh, you know, it, it was good. Bingo was a, Bingo was a very Bingo was a very 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 good coach. Bingo, we just we just worked. We he just worked forwards against against defence, um, two on two, three on three. We just he just he just drilled us, and we did a lot of set plays. He was yeah. another. It was just another. Um, what, I, what do I say? Another um, dimension. To the game with with um, with Binger, he was he was all soccer. He that was all he breathed, and and he was he was a very good coach. Uh, and 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 I guess the similarities between him and and, and uh, Bobby Fry in the sense that they were playing coaching. Um, previously at, at Winuna, you you hadn't seen that. So how did you find the player coach aspect? Yeah, it, well, when, when you when you're a good player yourself, it works. I think yeah. it might have been, I think it might have been a bit. If he wasn't, if you weren't that good a player, and then you were doing it, yeah. it could have caused you problems. But, but both of them, look, Bobby, Bobby was more. It was it was more fun with Bobby. Yeah, definitely more fun with Bobby. Where where um, John John was all football. Even if you go for a beer. He'd be talking football. Yep. Where we, we, you know, with Bobby and the other coaches, we'd be there was life outside of football, yep. if you know what I mean. And um, we talk about a lot of other stuff, but um, but uh, yeah, t- two totally different um, different people. And and to put it in context, as you've as you've mentioned it, and, and some blokes don't like to mention it, but just to uh, give an indication of the economics of the game back then. Um, what was the sort of player payment at Coniston or Shell Harbour versus what you were compared to what you're earning in your your day to day job uh, Monday to Friday? Oh, 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 no, no comparison. Like, I mean, the the money you would earn, the money you would earn playing soccer would be a, a, a you know a, a, a ten day holiday at the Gold Coast for the kids, your wife and your kids, yep. basically. It, well, so it was when, good enough, but oh yeah, it was it was good. Well, you know, you didn't have to pay for it yourself. So yeah. basically, it was good enough at that time. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. So yeah. you know, like we're talking a couple of thousand, two and a half thousand dollars at that time. It, it's it's not no comparison to now, obviously. But, but still, but, it but, meant yeah, a lot back then. It, it was a lot of money. Yeah. At this point of the podcast, I am going to let Gus Masters, a former playing opponent, and Ron's former Shell Harbour coach, tell the listener his thoughts on Ron as a player. Yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, Tracker, for the opportunity. Um, yeah, played against Ronnie, you know, um, you know a, a little bit. Um, you know, very fast player uh, who loved 
who love to get into the open spaces and take yep. people on. Um, predominantly played in the front line. Okay. Uh, he liked to, uh, to play in in the left hand zone that he could come back in on his right foot. Okay. Not a great left, not a great left footer, <laughs> but but certainly uh, very very quick and constantly put people under pressure. Yeah, with his with his speed. And and when you um, then got the opportunity to uh, coach at Shell Harbour and he was one of your players, uh, uh, what were your thoughts of him then? Uh, Ronnie Ronnie was the type of person that would always be first to, to training and, and sort of one of the last to leave. Always loved, you know, chatting about the game, you know, and, uh, and looked to encourage, you know, younger players around him to strive you know, to to be better, and uh, and and he always loved to, you know, play his part in in the team game. Um, good, a very good trainer, you know, who pushed himself every session, um, and and scored he, you know, the, the the amount of goals that you would expect, you know, people in in the standard in in those days to to put away, yeah. um, but constantly strove. You know, to help other younger players um, become better players, you know. And you utilised his speed as best you could in that team when you coached him. Well, um, Shell Harbour in in the year, and this is one thing that I'll I'll um, I'll always thank Ronnie for because when I was asked by Otto Bader to come down to help Shell Harbour out, um, they had gone into some financial problems and couldn't yeah. pay any players. Uh, Ronnie always been a person that would, you know, sort of uh, clubs would encourage to play for them and, and would have got paid for it. He he hung around, um, you know, through this tough period for the club. And, um, yeah, as I say, he just encouraged people all the time. So, and we utilised his speed. You know, it's like most, most coaches will understand, you know, their players' strength yep. and, and, and combine... Yeah, you know, good players, but you know, in in and around Ronnie in those days, um, you know, people like uh, Johnny Lloyd, another stalwart, you know, Shell Harbour player. Yeah. You know, I think John might have ended up a life member of the club. They they were probably the two key people for me to bring a lot of young players out of uh, the younger younger uh, grades. You know, to be quite competitive. I think. You know, I think in the two seasons I was at Shell Harbour, you know, we finished uh, just outside, you know, the top four in those days. Um, and and people like Scotty Fowler, you know, Kevin O'Donnell was another one, Graham McKenda, the goalkeeper. You know, uh, these people shone through and, and and became, you know, quite good players in their own rights, you know. And, and it was people like Johnny Lloyd and, and Ronnie Vandervoort that I think help help me you know be yeah yeah, along along the way you know sincere thanks to gus for doing this short snippet now back to the podcast and and for yourself um when gussie masters took over um yeah you were when i interviewed him um he he felt that um yourself and and a few other bikes stuck around and, and and helped him out um how did you see that period See, um, there was a bit. There was some money issues with with Shell Harbour. Um, 
I'd signed a two-year contract with a. They had an option with had an option on the third, and yep. if I left, that they'd had a certain figure they could put on me as transfer. Um, when I went there, the main players at that point was um, um, Bingo, obviously, yep. um, Barney King, yeah, and um, and myself. Um, well, first year we had no problem, but then the old workers' club moved to the new workers' club, and and then um, uh, the club, the soccer club, didn't sort of want to fulfil their obligations. Yep. So there was a bit of um, there, yeah, there was a bit of bit of problems there. So ended up ended up they Barney and um, Bingo left. I stuck around. I was planning on going the year later, um, but. Um, I stayed because um, well Gussie come over and, and I I stayed because I I'd known Gussie pretty well from playing against him um, in the earlier days and that and and yeah we we sort of you know I, I don't go out and have dinner with him but we were friends so yep. I I said to the club that I would stay for the third year for a free clearance yep and that was my main reason for staying there at that point. But then, it, yeah, it got a bit messy, but it got sorted out at the end anyway. So, but I, it, you know, so I stayed there with that year, and I had a, I enjoyed that year with yep. with Gus because I was probably the, the senior player then. I was, you know, still pretty young, but yeah, but as far as um, as far as I was one of the main players, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. We were a bit unlucky. I think we only just missed out on the semis that year. Actually, I think we might have finished fifth or something like that. Anyway, but after all the turmoil, and you lose two. Class players like Bingham and, and Barney, it's a puts a big hole in the in the in the team. But the boys battled away there. They were a good bunch of blokes too, a good group of blokes. And for yourself, that you had those three seasons there and, and finished there in '84. But if you look back at um, some of the players, um, you know, can you talk a bit more about oh, you know, about Barney King um, and, and 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 what he was like as a player? Because I guess people have. I guess my vintage um, in their early forties and and earlier that might be listening know him as a coach, um, but he was a, a, a pretty good uh, player in his time. Oh, Barney was a good footballer. Barney, Barney was pretty smart. Barney was uh, not the size he is now. Yep, <laughs> he was pretty agile. Um, but Barney was very good with the ball put to his feet. Very good in the air. Where he could hold up a ball and you'd run off him, you know what I mean? So I tried to run off him all the time because Barney had all the skills where I didn't have such the the, the skill to hold him up and and that. Um, And Bingo Bingo could just knock a ball. He could knock a ball wherever he wanted to. He was was very good, very good on dead ball situations and stuff like that. But... um, yeah, some of his tackling wasn't real, real good at the time. He did a, a lot of times. He, he sort of he went over the ball a few times on people's shins, which he didn't need to do because he was such a good player. But he and he go on, no, uh, but he got away with it. He had a bit of hunger in his tackling. He was very, yeah, well, he was. Yeah, every game was he played like every game was his last. That's that's how he was. And and what about some of the other guys? You you played with the likes of Singleton, uh, Cook. Jones, Bader, yeah. um, Ent- Whistle, uh, Robinson, Crow, Bradburn, yeah. Fowler, um, Greathead, Sikic. Um, yeah, all of a good, them. Good yeah. bunch of blokes. Yeah, good bunch. Ian was Ian was a good. Ian, Ian um, Bradburn was very good. Um, Cookie was solid at the back. Ent Whistle was in goals. Yeah, he was a good keeper. Yeah, we had a good side. We 
because the, they lost the, the, the year to us, and then the year I went there, we, we ended up, um, we made the grand final again um, that year, and we got beat. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think we got beat in a replay, if memory holds me correct. We, got, we played at, um, at Memorial Park, and it got washed out. And then we played a replay on a Thursday night down at Taraji and we didn't even know we were playing until about four o'clock that afternoon. The most crap weather, the most crap um, situation, you know. They should have just made it another weekend, the next weekend or something. That's what they should have done. But anyway, it was crap. And unfortunately, we lost to um, Fig Tree. Socko Socko got a goal. Sokolowski got the goal and and booed us. Um, But Kevin... um, O'Donnell, Kevin yeah. O'Donnell was there. Kevin was good. He he was only young, coming through. He'd uh, he'd had a real good semi final. I remember he had a good semi final there, and he scored a couple of goals, I think. And um, but the whole side was pretty balanced there too. Yeah, but Bingo made it. He made a difference. He was a very good player. And for yourself, the uh, like you like you spoke about, you had a, a three year contract. Finish that up and and sort of uh, because of the, the back office uh, issues between um, the workers' club and the, the soccer club itself that you'd got the free transfer. So uh, what made you um, join West Fig Tree under, under Phil Carr and Luke Robard? Well, I've always, always been a fan of... Um, well, at that time, they were the, the, they were the duo. They were the dynamic yeah. duo. And, and at that, I'd known... Look, I'd known Lukey Robart since I was a kid because um, Luke's parents and my parents were friends. They okay. lived up the road in Grey Street. So I'd known Lukey a fair bit and being a fellow Dutchman, yeah. um, it probably had a bit of an influence. He got in the year and, and Phil uh, always, um, I was always wanted to have a year under Phil because Phil was tactically a very good, very good coach. He's, he was a very smart, where Luke would flog you yep. and run you. Um, Phil was the, Phil was the brains about it, and 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 they had a, such a good side too. So it was an opportunity, and and at that point I, I just wanted to play. I just wanted to win. Yep. So I was sort of go, going to sides that 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 I thought would win, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so well, you got Brownie there, and and play, Jeff Fellows was good. There, there was a lot of good players there too. Yeah, well, speak a bit about Phil Brown because I have a couple of times to different different guys and um he um has been touted as it was one of the best that probably never went up to the next level for sure and and, and you played against him and and, and with him yeah. in that season would you agree with that? oh for sure yeah definitely definitely would he would him and i'm just trying to think of who else would be but definitely because brownie was yeah he was smart player yeah. he was a smart player I, I, you know another one that would another player that um, was Tony Charnock was a good player, yep. and another one was I'll give him a pluggy. He was an angry man. Was Warren Baker? Yep. Warren Baker. Warren was always that. Warren was always ahead of everyone else. Warren knew where the ball should go or where you should be, and he would put it there. And a lot of times it looked silly because other people because other people weren't on the same wavelength. So yeah. And, and and Phil's Phil was the same. He was and a character, good 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 on the grog too. Very good on the grog. <laughs> and you had the one season there, like you said, with with uh, 
uh, Carr and Robard and um, and Brown, but there was other blokes as well like Witheridge and Morgan, yeah. Lewis, Noakes, Burnside, Fellows, Newbury, yeah. Mowbray. Um, yeah. So, did you enjoy having that yes. season there? Yeah, yes, uh, yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. We didn't have a real successful one. Um, I didn't have a good year either, to be honest with you. I didn't. I don't know why, but um, I yeah, I was probably I had a bit of a bit of a lull in that year. Yeah. Um, I don't think I played to the best of my ability, but um, and I'm sure Brownie will tell you I didn't. But um, but as far as a group of guys and going out with them and, and afterwards and all that, yeah, they, they were really really good, and they're very thick too, still very thick. I I went to a reunion not long ago, and they were all there, and it was good, you know, and um, yeah, they were good. They were a really good side. They were a hot side in that in that that era. And and you talk about hot sides and um, uh, the following year in '86 you, you you headed back uh, back north with with Bull Eye Soccer Club um, under Norm Flanagan. Um, did he sort you out or did you uh, look for the change? Uh, how did how did uh, it come about? I I I think I always wanted I always wanted to go back sort of home Bull yeah. Eye. I wonder and my brother was playing there and. Um, that was that was a thing that I wanted to do too. I wanted to play with him, even though he wouldn't know that. But <laughs> I, that was part of the reason I went there. Plus, they were good. They were good side as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that was that's why I wanted to go back to to there. And I knew all the guys there, and, and my mate Ronnie Van Ede was playing there, and so there was a, a there was a lot of factors there. But mainly, I did want to go back and play there for a while. Yeah. So what about uh, Norm Flanagan as a coach? Um, we'll talk a bit more about this year because it was a highly successful year in yeah. terms of uh, being undefeated apart from one game, a cup game. But uh, what was Norm like as a coach and um, how did he bring the, the team together and what was he like tactically? I, I was lucky to have a, a lot of good coaches through, through the way. I think um, I, I, I rate... I rate, um, obviously, Binger, obviously, yep. Kari. I obviously rate um, um, Bobby Fryer. But Flash, Flash is the, the, the gift, Flash. Flash was a, a, a thinker. Yep. And Flash, I always think a good coach is a coach that when you're in trouble, they get you out of the shit. They either yep. pull the right rein or pull the right player or whatever, whatever. And Flash was very good at that. He... Um, well, we went through. We went through the whole. We won the Cor- Coromel League's knockout. We went through the comp undefeated. I think we had about five or six draws in that in that game in that year, and um, we lost the final of the Burt Bampton to Aris, who, funny yeah. enough, was um, Bobby Fryer, <laughs> and they beat us in extra time. Um, that was the only game we lost all year, and I think a lot of that was through Flash just getting us out of trouble when we were in trouble yeah he was he was very good and and for yourself um uh, going back north and and uh playing with people that you'd sort of grown up with or been about um how was it for you yeah that was that was yeah that was good it was yeah it was it was like being home again and getting home you know i was living at albion park and traveling albion park to bulleye all the time but i had a business in town at that time so i used to just go from from town to train to mums, yep. and then I go to training, and then I go do the trek home. But uh, yeah, I 
it was good and it, and it was easy you know like you knew you knew I knew most of them and there was a lot of younger ones there that I probably didn't know but the the you know hands had um hands was there but he was finished playing but Ronnie was still playing um and then Johnny was there obviously and then he his mates some of his mates then Charnock and all them, like all good players. So how was it? Um, even though uh, lineups changed, but what was the the rough skeleton of that team in '86? Oh, um, well, Lewis played up front. He was good, good in the air, good on, good again on the ground with the ball at your feet. You know, good target man. Kev, Kevin, Kevin, yep, yeah, Kevin Lewis. He was very good at. Yep. Um, and then you had um, there was myself playing up front with um, Michael Grew. Yep, and Michael was a busy player. Um, and then myself, and then the midfield. Well, you know, you had um, you had um, Sirs. Yep. You had Ian Sirs there again. Another great player that probably doesn't get the accolades that he probably should have over the years. Um, Charnock was good, and so was Quetcher. Yeah. Yeah, Quetch was um, Quetch was really good in the in the in, in midfield. So we had a really good strong midfield, and then we had. Um, well, Manny used to play up front, Gaz, and but Gaz was as a stopper was really, really good. You know, Gary played there at stopper, and then, um, and then we had Phil Bragg. So I played with won a comp with Peter Bragg, and then I won a comp with Phil. Like Phil um, was really quick, so he covered for us as well. At the you know at the back in that, um, who else was there at that time? Um, I'm trying to think. Well, there's some other names yeah, like. Uh, well, Ronnie was there in the middle of midfield. Kajar, uh, Christy. Yeah, uh, goalkeeper, yeah. Gary Kajar, Christy, yeah. He played, he came on and was quick as well. So he was there and then there was um, oh, the, the back, um, Fish, at the fullback. Okay. So, um, funnily enough, and, and you probably couldn't have seen it at that point in time, but it, it, it's funny that, and they're always there about as a club, but... Um, it was it was weird that it took another I guess over thirty years for oh. them to win another grand final. When um, even in that sort of late eighties period, after Norm left and John Frew took over, yeah. that um, they did have further league success and and had in the mid two thousand and tens as well. So it was funny that that hoodoo had started for after a great season like that. I still can't believe that. I went to like. I, I sort of lost touch for a little bit and then I started coming back to watch Bulleye, you know, because I always was, even now, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Bulleye. Um, but I went to some of those grand finals. Oh, mate, they, <laughs> they, they butchered so many of them grand finals. They had grand finals there they should have won big time. And, I mean, there's a lot of games you play and you go, oh, you know, we were lucky or, you know, yeah. you got the result and you were lucky and, and things went your own way. Um, but they butchered some grand finals. I, I still can't believe some of them. I remember a couple there at Wynn Stadium. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that, yeah, that's what happens, isn't it? it you just got to, how many times you play really well and you lose. You spoke before we talk about your next move to Ferry Meadow Italia. Um under Larry Gaffney, um, did you get a chance to, to play a bit of football that in those two seasons with your brother, and, and how was that? Yeah, well, Johnny was always Johnny was always on the uh, like a, a fringe player, or he was he was in the squad. He was in the, the '86. He was in the in the he was in the team. Um, 
So we've played, we didn't really play a, a lot of um, games together, but we've played, we have played together because he yeah. would have come on. He played more reserve grade. Yep. He won a lot of premierships in reserve grade. Bulleye won a lot of premierships yeah. and he won them. But um, but he would come on and, in games and play, you know, like 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, and we'd play together then. But it wasn't a lot, but it was good to be back at the club, you know, with him because we never really, as growing up, like I was a couple of years older, so you know I was sort of gone before we we got. To, I played against him a lot. I played yeah. him because he played a, a few first grade years while while I wasn't there, and I played against him, and we've had some tussles and that. But uh, but no, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. To, I'm, it's one thing I'm glad I did that I went back there. And and what about um, before we move on the '86 grand final with Bulleye, Um What do you recall of, of that game specifically? Really tight game. It was tight, and and we like we were fancied in that, but we played Fern Hill. Mm. We only won one nil. Kevin got the goal, and um, yeah, it, it, to me it was um, yeah it could have gone either way. It was it was. But you know we prevailed, and and I think overall, if you looked at the year, I think we deserved to win it. Yep. But um, it wasn't an easy game, and it wasn't it wasn't a yeah you know, it was could have gone either way. It was, but it was a good good close tussle, and they were good blokes. All the Fern Hill boys, they can you know we partied. But in those days, you you partied with everyone. You know yep. we'd all we'd all go back and and have beers at their clubs, or they'd come to your clubs. No matter who you were, Cringilla was probably one of the best clubs to put put beers on that yep. you'd go there and you'd walk out pissed you know <laughs> uh, no booze buses then obviously but um but that's what that's what it was like and same with the old coromel leagues club everyone everyone in that area yeah. used to go to coromel leagues if you're playing in that area you drop in there and everyone you know because there'd be a few clubs and then yeah. opposing teams all, all yeah. gathering together yeah it was always it was always fantastic you know but um yeah, they, they were they were good times. I mean, you played hard, and you and you played hard, but everyone got off the park, and they'd all go and have a beer together, and that's how it should be. I think. Yeah, I definitely. still think today. Yeah. So, was it a matter um, at the end of uh, uh, that those two years under 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 Norm in eighty six and eighty seven that in eighty eight that you wanted to test yourself out in state league, and and, and that was the move to Ferry Meadow Italia. Yeah. Well, Flash had. We'd had two really good years. We we made. I think we got knocked out in the second game. We got knocked out at up at Balgowney. It was, and we got knocked out in the game before the grand final. In eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then, um, yeah, Flash had gone. Um, he wasn't going to coach that next year, and um, I yeah, I, I it was something that I'd never. I had an opportunity earlier in 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 me. In the years, I was I was training with Wollongong City at the time. Begsy and all that was playing there. He was in the side, and I was training with them. And um, but I just I was still with Shell Harbour, yep. and um, it made it a bit hard because I was co training there with them a couple of nights and training with them. But they sort of they couldn't guarantee you, you know. Yep. So I ended up. So I sort of wished I'd given it a, a, a chance. So so I went there, and um, I was playing under Larry. Spoke, spoke to me and anyway I went there and played under Larry and halfway through the season Larry um, got the chop <laughs> I don't know what happened but um, 
Larry'd finished there, and then um, then I played the, the, that second half of the year. Fonny took over, yeah. so I played under Fonny. Well, both of them were great guys, great characters, and and um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it, but but um, yeah, the travelling did the travelling did get a bit to me, and it was only a one year thing, and I wasn't playing well enough to get going anyway. To be honest with you, and you were sort of that other side of thirty, yeah. I guess as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd say that that's possibly uh, one of your only sort of footballing regrets is that maybe in that sort of mid twenty range that you could have given state yeah. league or or a higher level a go. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I would have made it, but I no, probably no. probably should have given it a go. You know, I mean, I I, I followed Peter Peter Beggs a lot because Peter, me and Peter grew up together. We played all juniors and we went to school together and all that. And I remember when Pete made it. You know, when he went to St George and all that, and and he used to cop some stick from people and all that, he used to bag him and all that too. And you know, but I admired him because he, he, you know, he he did good and he, you know, he played NSL. And what they bagged him for not for, staying I, in the area? No, or? I think bagged him because he was successful. Okay, you know, tall poppy, tall poppy. Yeah. And and I've I'd seen it. I'd seen we'd been out and people would be putting shit on him. Like, and I'm thinking, how do you put shit on him when he's what he's achieved? Done what he's you done. Know? So yeah, that that, and I yeah that I just I, I wanted to do it, but I wasn't as good as Peter. Peter was a good player. Yeah. Peter was a very good player growing up too. He was all the way through his juniors and all that, and he he kept going, you know. And then ended up being a successful coach. coach yeah, you know. I was going to say that. So yeah. um... at this point of the podcast, I am going to let John Frew, an opposition coach who coached against Ron when John was at Balambi in the early nineteen eighties and was his coach at Bulleye in 1989. Tell the listener his thoughts on Ron as a player. Yeah, Trav, Ron was a Ron was a, a Winuna boy, so I sort of I knew about him in the schoolboy days, but nobody ever played for me. But uh, we all knew about Ronnie, and uh, he he was uh, an excellent sprinter. Uh, and if I'm not sure, I think he he ran in the uh, Winuna Surf Club sprint team that I think oh, okay. won his. Um, so I knew all about Ronnie and his brother Johnny, who's uh, also a bit of a legend out that way. But watching him play, and this was really early in my career, I um, one of the most memorable games was against Shell Harbour. Yep. Um, and I had a, I had Robbie, Robbie Banks and uh, Johnny Bark. You know, we had sort of a, like Robbie had a ton of experience, and uh, young Johnny Barkey was quick, but we. We were a bit terrified of what Ronnie and Barton King could do to us, and uh, especially Ronnie down the right side. And that, that's probably one of the first times I really was extremely conscious of getting the second defender in because yep. with his pace and his skills, you, you're going to get burnt first defender. And um, so if you, even if you, you sort of tried to hold him up, he, he just had too much pace. Said, oh, one, of the, one of the memorable times about... That one of the general times we were played at Chill Harbour, and G.I. Rasso was in goal. Young Rasso is the father of um, Haley, who's playing yep. Australia now. And I, I said to, I said to him, I said, "Look, if you get get off the line quick, you know, just you've just got to close his angles down because he'll come at you quick." And we're sitting watching the game, but it was quite hilarious. He, Ronnie's broke down the right wing, and he just got clear, yep. and, and G.I. just took off. <laughs> and cleaned, he cleaned him up on the sideline. He should have been he should have been sent off, 
everybody was laughing, and it was like he had no malice in it. But he, he was he was only about eighteen, then seven or eighteen, then two. And he's followed my instructions to the letter, but that's one of my best memories. He just cleaned him up. <laughs> and I think everybody was in shock. You know, theoretically, at least they knew the guy, but it was, uh, yeah. Now, Ronnie, Ronnie's also one of those kids that uh, I know I get on a bit of a bandwagon, but I, I always thought he, was, he deserved another ch- a chance for the next level up a bit more. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think he had the talent. I, I'm a great believer. We had... What you can't coach, you had speed. Yep. And he's also excellent. When he played at Bulleye, he was a Bulleye boy. If you had him, you had 100% every time he went out in the park. You never had to worry about whether he's going to turn up or not. You might have a bad game, but not you know, not deliberately. And you can wear that any time. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, no, excellent player, good skills. But, you know, you can't coach speed. And uh, drives you mad as a coach trying to defend against it. Yeah, definitely. I put him up there with an earlier version of um, by Davy Green and Scotty Chipperfield. You just you just knew you were going to get burnt, you know, <laughs> when they divorced. Yeah. Sincere thanks to John for doing this short snippet. Now back to the podcast. For you, um, you then had that one year, and and um, and then back in '89, you you then went back under John Frew and had a season there at Bull Ice. So. Um, uh, how was John as a, as a coach? And and I guess some of the players had moved on since the last time you played in '87. Look, John, John was John was a good good coach, and he was he was. I know people are going to say I, I always said he was a kids coach and all that because he was really good with the younger ones. I think the biggest I got on with John um, probably not as well as um, other coaches, but I think looking back at it, I think it was more me. Yeah. Uh, especially as you get older, you think you know more anyway, <laughs> and you get set in your ways and all that. And he probably wanted to change things a little bit, you know, a bit to what I wasn't really. Um, um, I wasn't on the same page with him. Probably that's probably the best way to put it. Yep. But as far as a person and as a coach, I have a, I have a lot of respect for the bloke. And um, yeah, like you said, and I've interviewed him previously, where you know they he did have that sort of moniker as as the kids' coach, but he he won the league uh, yeah. in '88 with Bulleye and, and sort yeah. of put that to rest. Yep. Um, for you, um, was it a bit different in terms of, I guess, seeing some of the the other guys that sort of come through um, in in um, in Bot and Bemi and and Troth and. And Gareth Lewis that were now in the squad compared to that sort of 86, 87 year? Well, Trothy, um, I played with Trothy at Figgy. Oh, okay. He was, a, uh, he was only 18s at, at Figgy and he he showed, uh, he showed a bit there. Now, I wasn't surprised at all because they were they were a different generation coming yep. through, younger, but they they all had ability and they were, yeah. I, no, there's no one there that surprised me that they made it or they got, you know, the way they went. There's some... Some players, I tell you, there was, there was, and there was players there that I, I, that made it, and I'm sort of surprised they made it. I, I would say that too, yeah. but, um, but no, none of those sort of blokes. Body and that was always tenacious, and he was a good footballer and worked, had a big work rate. So, I think it's like anything, you work hard enough at it, you're going to make it, aren't you? And and for you, um, and and you, you spoke about your brother before as well, but. Having the um, 
compared to, say, some other clubs that you're at, but having that backbone of a quality reserve grade team, um, was that sort of like a bit of a, a security blanket for you as a squad? Because you knew whoever came in, they were hungry, they were successful and could always back the first grade squad up? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, probably, that's probably the reason we went through undefeated. Yep. We, had, we had depth. Yep. You know, someone was missing, someone was injured or whatever. We we had blokes there that, yeah, you're right. We're never ever, I never ever thought, oh, here we're in trouble now. I I have had clubs that, you know, that we were a bit thin on. And right. and yep. Shell Harbour would be probably one of those ones. We had a great squad of, of core, the, the team. But once we lost a couple of players there, I don't think um, some of those, some of the players that stepped up and came on there, probably weren't really up to that, that, that thing. But that's that's probably the, why... Same with um, um, Conab. We had depth there too. Yep. We had a... Yeah, we had depth. And, and that's... that's Yeah, you got to have it. you got to have it. It's not a 13-man a, a team. you got to have 16, 17 players. Yeah, definitely. Through a year. For yourself, was it um, the lure of Norm Flanagan that you then went in the following season in 1990 to, to Fernhill? Was it? Yeah. Was that the main yeah, yeah, I followed, denominator? I, yeah, I followed Norm. Yeah, I had success with Norm. He, he probably at the later years got the better out, got the best out of me, and I think that's probably why I went there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and and a lot of the players were Peter Thompson and and, um, and players like that, and uh, Grant Isdale and all that. So I played rep soccer with them too. Yeah. So I. You know, I knew all those those sort of Salabank, uh, Paul Salabank, and and all those sort of players. So uh, Gary Brooks, they were um, they were guys that were, were going going well, and and yeah, and and yeah, Flash was the the appeal, yeah, and Sirs was there too. Sirs had left Bulli and gone there as well, so um, yeah. How do you find those uh, sort of links that are sort of? littered throughout your career such as such as Ian Serson who you'd I guess played with uh, a lot a lot at different clubs at different yeah. times so um, do you think um, and you spoke about it before that you could um, with Van Ede that you had a sort of connection with did playing with someone like Serse uh, make it a hell of a lot easier that you'd played so many years together that you knew what each other would do yeah yeah for sure yeah oh yeah well, Sirs knew how I'd like a ball, yeah, yeah. And, and and yeah, he used to give me good service, so yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't argue with that. That's definitely yeah, definitely right, and that 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 makes it easier for you for your game as well than getting someone new. And 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 probably uh, the final club you had after you had two seasons there in '90 and '91 was uh, was Wollongong Olympic yeah. uh, under Peter Willis. Uh, that one, um, what brought about that change? Because well, at that point in time, you're, you're probably, what, near 34, 35? Yes, 30, I finished 35 was my last year. I, I'd i hurt my knee at... Um, I'd had a really good pre-season um, the year before, so I would have been the year before I left um, Fernhill. And I'd been doing a lot of training for myself because I was getting a bit older and wanting yep. to do it. And I, I can remember... I went up for a ball and I come down and I did my cruciate and um, I tore the cruciate and I battled on that year with it and I was finished. That was, that was, uh, you know, I, I could tell myself I was, I was gone. So um, Peter Willis was a, Pete 
I got to know Peter through the years and um, through soccer, and obviously we both lived at Albion Park, and I uh, played indoor soccer with Pete and um, and um, Jeff Ainsworth and all that. Yeah. Um, so Pete wanted me to go. He was going to coach um, Olympic, and he wanted me to come over and coach reserve grade. So the whole plan was to go over there and coach reserve grade. I wasn't going to play, and Pete's going, "You got to play." No, no, I don't want to play. I just want to do this. And anyway, I ended up playing the year on one leg. Basically, it was. Yeah, um, you still made sixteen first grade appearances, and. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, I, 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 I was finished then. That was. Yeah, I, I played it, and I, I, I really didn't want to play anymore. Only because I knew I couldn't do. I couldn't do what I could do before. You know what I mean? And I, I had to strap my knee up all the time because I did go, and I could feel it coming back, and. And then that was that was it. That was the last year I played. I, look, I I enjoyed it, yep. and I enjoyed the coaching reserve grades. No yeah, fun. How, did, how did you go at, at, look, at the coaching gig? I, I don't mind the coaching gig, but um, reserve grades no good. You're losing your best player every week, <laughs> so you know you might have one or two or three reasonably good players, and something happens in first grade, they're, they're gone. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an eye opener, but it was but it was um, I enjoyed it, and I tried to you know we set I set the ground rules up from the start of the season, and it was challenging, especially with reserve graders because they uh, they don't like a bit of discipline and yeah. and, and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, but that was the the worst thing about about doing reserves. You, you, your team was different every week. And and for yourself, do you think, looking back in in hindsight, would if you didn't have that knee injury in '91 at Fernhill, um, do you think you would have went on a, a couple more years longer oh, if, yeah. if you didn't have the yeah. knee issues? If me, if me health health was right, or yep. if, me, if I had no problem with the legs, I would have kept playing for sure. I would have. I I think I would have known. Well, like I knew, I knew when I was finished. You know, you, you know yourself. I think. Yep. Um, I, I think I could have, uh, yeah, I think I could have had another couple of years if I if I was fit, but yeah, it wasn't to be. So, but thirty five, that was okay. I've had a, had a had a good run. So. Yeah, definitely. And for yourself, uh, over the years, being more of an attacking player, uh, can you sort of uh, list a couple of uh, defenders or opponents that always uh, you had good battles with, and and why they were good defenders? Um, yeah, there was there was oh geez, there was a lot of them. Um, I, the one that sticks out is Larry Berenger. Yep. Larry always, Larry always got the for, for some reason he always got the better best. Um, he he got the best results out of me. He yep. had good games against me. I <laughs> never had real good games. I don't know why, but um, Larry, me and Larry had some good had good tussle with a fellow by the name. I think it's Peter Neely. Neely. He played for um, yep. Ferry Meadow. Yeah. He was he was tough to play against as well. And what made Larry and, and Peter tough opponents for you? I think um, they because well Larry was no nonsense player. He sort of didn't give you the room to do a lot, you know. Because yep. I used to rely on me pace and pull off players with me pace and that. He he'd mark me. He'd mark me Very better. Tight. Yeah, and there was a lot of good centre halves and good defenders, but they didn't have a lot of pace. So if that was the case, I could get a half turn on them on a pace. I, I'd have them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or they'd bring me down. So that I think someone that was quick and could 
could defend. Um, it, it was tough. They they were tough battles. Yeah, I had a few tough battles, but uh, yeah, on the whole, I was pretty happy with how the, everything went. But yeah, I'd say Larry would be that sticks in my head as the the hardest one for me. And and what about um, uh, strike partners? Um, oh, you know, geez. you've had plenty over the years, and yeah. it's I guess hard to sort of name a couple. But if you could, um, uh, where you think you were playing the best and had a good sort of striking relationship with I, I i'd say um well it, it's probably the the years i had the best with were kevin lewis obviously yep. kevin lewis um quirky yep um and bobby fryer and um um i'm just trying to think oh barney king yeah yeah barney Barney made me. Barney was good too for me. We both. I think we were both good for each other because Barney wasn't as. Um, Barney wasn't so workmanlike. That, like you know, he was a typical striker. Yeah. They like, <laughs> and Kevin was a bit the same. They like the. They like that six-yard box in the, <laughs> and that's what they do. Where I used to do a lot of the work for that, you know. But that's. But you need that. You need people to do the work, the donkey work, and and the running, and and my game was based on running, so. Yeah, they, they they stick out. They stick out all the time. They're probably the best ones I've played with. And and in terms of your coaches, can you re- remember any sort of bakes or sprays that that you got, or any funny incidents where um, oh, um, on the field or at halftime or full time where um, you know the blokes were probably uh, getting a spray, but inside you're just <laughs> laughing that it was that funny. Oh, uh, well, the the the. the Look, he was as passionate was was Bingo like Bingo go Bingo go off, so Bobby Fry go off too. But you, you and you'd yeah I don't know you the way they went off you'd you'd, you'd be you'd be real serious looking at it, but you're thinking oh really like you know because <laughs> but they were passionate they were really passionate and as far as and and Flash but the, the funny Flash was the, the the funniest thing was. This is something that happened. We used to we had to play a game against Berkeley, and I always bring it up because I still laugh about it when today <laughs> was um, we were playing um, Berkeley. We had to go to Berkeley, and and Flash was given directions how to get to the ground while you're playing at Bulleye. While I was at Bulleye, yeah. yeah, and he uh, and he turned around, and there used to be a total service station on the corner. Yep, and um, Flash would say. Um, you get to you get along the Northcliffe Drive and you turn left at the Tootle. <laughs> so it wasn't total, it was the Tootle. <laughs> so that was something that we all, and we always used to laugh, the whole team used to laugh about that. But yeah. And what about Bingo? Is there any sort of uh, sprays that, that sort of come to mind where? Uh, Bingo's was all uh, F and F and F and F and F and <laughs> all the time it's fucking hell. But um, yeah, always fucking hell. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. it's it's been great, and um, and Ron, you've definitely uh, uh, been there and done that, and and uh, and played with a lot of people, and and I've found it extremely interesting and and fascinating the amount of people that you've played with. So um, appreciate this time on a Sunday where we can uh, spend uh, over an hour talking about um, your great career. So thank you very much for your time. No worries, thank you. Appreciate it. it is here where we finish episode 48. Once again, I'd like to sincerely thank Ron for the time he spent conversing with me on a Sunday morning. As always, 
Thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I am your host, Travis. Goodbye for now. Thank you.